Lift your voice, somebody tonight. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Somebody, you want to lift your voice in the house tonight one more time. Come on, everybody.
Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom even in the people of God. Shalom even in church. Please, I believe you are all doing well. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, myself and my family, we are doing well. The Lord bless you and favor you greatly. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. It's a blessing to have all of you here this wonderful evening. And I believe strongly that the purposes of God concerning our lives this evening will be fulfilled. In Jesus' name. And even as the Lord pours His Spirit upon us, we pray that anything that is trying to stand against the will of God from being fulfilled, let that thing be removed in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Anything that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we come against it. We trample upon every voice of negativity and we decree that it is only the counsel of the lord that shall be established in the mighty name of the lord jesus let there be a flow of the power of the spirit even in our lives right now in the mighty name of the lord jesus father let your word come forth with power touch the hearts of your people and let there be a move of your spirit even in the minds of your people that we will leave this place empowered by your spirit, enlightened even by the light of your word, that your name alone will forever be glorified. We thank you, even in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord bless you and favor you all greatly in Jesus' precious mighty name. I'm seeing my, my own Man of God, Adam Fupa, God bless you, man of God. God richly bless you. Thank you for your kingdom support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for you being a wonderful inspiration to many of us here. God bless you. God bless the entire family, Mama Tess and the rest. God bless all of them. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Amen. Sami Afari, God bless you. Sami Enti, God bless you and favor you. God bless you. God bless you all. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Hallelujah. All right, people of God, it's a blessing to have all of you here. Last Monday, by the special grace of God, the Lord helped us to lay a certain foundation on the topic, the inheritance of the saints. Hallelujah. And by the special grace of God, he has also given us this wonderful opportunity to also, you know, come to a place of understanding on the other levels that he's about to lift us to. Amen. So please, if you have not listened to the first message, um, I think you might have a lot of questions in your mind. But then, um, if, you, if you have any question, kindly write it down. Don't ask straightforward. 
Are you getting it? Because you might confuse others. So we are just, we are still in the foundational level. So um, the Lord is helping us gradually to understand what the inheritance of the saints is. Now, on Monday, by the special grace of God, we understood that the word inheritance actually speaks of a particular lot or a property that is laid down for an heir to receive. A lot or a property that is laid down for an heir to receive. Hallelujah. And we also got to know that the word saint is actually from the word hagios, which means to be holy. Then we went further to understand that when we say someone is holy, it does not necessarily mean that the person is sinless or the person does not sin. Even though at a certain lower level of what holiness is, especially amongst us, separating yourself from sin can also be termed as holiness. But you cannot connect that word of holiness with this meaning of separating yourself from sin to God. Because God does not and cannot sin. There is nothing like sin around God. But still we say God is holy. That should let you know that the holiness of God is very high than the way we understand it as men. Are you getting it? So when we say God is holy, what we mean actually is that he has separated himself from all things. God has separated himself from all things. And this, in a way, is a great thing in his agenda. Because if God has not separated himself from all things, then at a point, all things would actually, you know, try to uh, manifest some kind of pride, making it look like if they don't serve God, God will be the one at a loss. But then, this God made the whole universe by his own power. He set everything in motion such that whether we like it or yes, everything would definitely end in glory. And he did all these plans before the world began. So there is nothing in this world today that can destroy God's eternal plan. Are you getting it? It doesn't matter what happens to this earth. It doesn't matter what the enemy does. No matter the matter, the end will be glorious to God. Are you following? This is the main reason why I made us understand that when God says something concerning your life, you are a man. You need to lay hold on that, receive the strength of God and work it out to manifestation. Are you getting it? Because when it comes to some of these things, because we are men, we need the help of the Lord to help us to accomplish all these things. And once you begin to think that so long as God has said it in your life, no matter what you do, it will happen. You will know that you are actually practicing fully. May the Lord help us. <laughs> and you know, many people actually still believe in these things. Till date, there are people who believe that once God says that he's going to do something in a man's life, even if the man decides to fool around, that thing will be fulfilled. It's a lie. Don't believe that. 
don't believe that. Are you listening to me? Good, because at a point, there is a responsibility of the man. And I don't want to go into all that. That is just for a different message. But then we understood that the holiness of God is not just, it's not that God does not sin or God is sinless. No, it is totally different from that. The holiness of God speaks of God, God separating himself from all things. And the word of the Lord made us understand that he is the only one that has immortality and he dwells in a light that is unapproachable. And that realm of light where nobody can get to speaks of how God has separated himself and that is the holiness of God. Are you getting it? So we understood that when we say someone is a saint, it means that the person has been separated for a specific purpose. Now, we also understood basically that God, the Godhead, talking about the Trinity, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, after God has stretched himself into these three dimensions, the Father began to make promises to the Son concerning creation. And there were some of the things that the Father promised the Son. One of them was the kingdom. The Father promised the Son that he's going to give his kingdom to him so that now the son will be the king over the kingdom instead of the father. So Luke 22 verse 29, Jesus said to the disciples, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred his kingdom upon me. So the second, the second promise that the father also made to the son was that he promised to give the nations to the son. He said, ask of me and I will give the nations to you for an inheritance. So the father also promised to give the nations to Jesus, the son. And the third promise was that he gave, he promised to give him power over all things. And in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus confirmed and he said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and on earth and the next promise that the father promised the son was judgment that he promised the father was the one who was supposed to judge but then he gave all judgment to the son so when we read the book of john 5 22 the bible said now the father does not judge anyone for he has committed all judgment to the son so a day is coming when all the people in this world will be judged but that judgment is what God has put in the hands of the Son. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I made a statement that if you are on the Lord's side, if you are a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, he already judges your life. Are you getting it? So the very day you believe in the Lord Jesus, he has made a judgmental pronouncement over you. That thou art saved, thou art righteous. And because of that, once you come into his place, there are also other things that the Son will also give to you, and that is what we are going to talk about this evening. Hallelujah. So we also understood from the book of Daniel, chapter 7, that these promises that the Father made to the Son, when God made the eternal realm, when he made the heavens, he actually began to play what happened from the, before the foundations of the world, 
in that dimension of heaven where the son was brought before the ancient of days who is the father and then the father gave him dominion the father gave him glory the father gave him the kingdom so i made us understand why we prayed the lost prayer and get into the latter part we said for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen but still we did not understand what we were saying all these things actually happened even in the realms of the heavenlies hallelujah so now all i want you to understand after this long recap is that when we speak of the kingdom of god now the lord jesus christ is the king of the kingdom are you following now it looks like the father is not doing anything because whatever the father wanted to do he now gave it to the son such that when the son comes to this earth whatever he manifests is the father this is the reason why when he came he said i and my father are one whatever my father had is what he has given to me are you following great so now these are the promises that the father made to the son now the question is how come we are saints how did we become saints how did we become saints hallelujah how did we become saints now i've explained or i've given a simple definition of who a saint is you know last monday i told you that when we we're growing up in senior high school they made us understand that saint is a spirit it's like a ghost or an occultic spirit you know so the, when they say that this guy of racing that is one of the reasons why many people don't want to go to the catholic church because every church auditorium you will enter in in a catholic sect you realize that they have the name of a saint on it either saint patrick catholic church or saint this saint that saint those hallelujah so you see many people hear that and because of their lack of understanding on what and you see sometimes people are you just don't understand why many people defend ignorance in our time you don't know the thing and you are trying to defend it just a generation we are kasana yabudu inimhe so yebi you see akukudru bonia yitikutu hinim and we keep talking when we lack you see you don't understand where this generation is coming from huh so as i'm talking to you right now we be we be this saint your spirit be it should be true that onye na adwene se osua dia unu say whether it is true or not onye na adwene and that is what the person has believed ukoya ono be ko onso we we 
May the Lord help us and grant us grace. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, last Monday I made us understand one thing, and that is going to be the premise on which um, we will talk about what the Lord has given to us today. I said, when the Father was making promises to the Son, there was a certain specific reason why all these promises were made. And all that reason was the Father knowing what he was going to receive. Are you getting the point? In creation, all that the Father wanted, he wanted sons. And all that the Son also wanted was a bride. And all that the Spirit wanted was a body to dwell therein. So because of the wants of all these dimensions of God in creation, each and every dimension of God had to be of help or support to the other based on the assignment they have, they have set ahead of themselves to accomplish. Are you following? Good. Now, in this context of the father getting sons, and the son getting a bride, and the spirit getting a body, Hallelujah. All right, please, can you all hear me? Beautiful, beautiful. Now, so now the Father will take sons in creation. The Son will also take a bride in creation. And the Spirit will take a body in creation. Now, this was the agreement that transpired between the Godhead before the world began. And there were, there were other agreements that we cannot go into all that. But based on what we are talking about, I want to stay in context so that we will not go beyond what we are supposed to talk about. Now, the promise that the Father made to the Son, the Father after making all these promises to the son, had to establish a covenant between himself and the son. And the word of the Lord told us in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 that the father did so, so that he would prove how, he, how immutable his counsels are. Are you getting it? So God had to seal the promise with a covenant so that 
it will be known that when he speaks, he does not go against his counsel. And it was this covenant that God the Father established with the Son that God saw this to be a picture that all the creatures of this world, specifically human beings, were supposed to have that particular kind of covenant or our lives were supposed to be hinged on that covenant. Very important. Good. So the Bible said, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great. Now, So the father sealed the promise he made to the son with a covenant. Now this covenant according to the word of God is called an eternal covenant. An eternal covenant. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. Reading from the international standard version. He says, now may the God of peace who by the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Now may the God of peace, who by the blood of the eternal covenant Okay, so the New Living Translation says, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. Now this covenant was between the father and the son. It is called the eternal covenant. Hallelujah. And this covenant actually is what created the, the way of life or the relationship between the father and the son. Very, very important. If you don't understand this one, your foundation in Christianity is shaking. Are you following? So, because many of us mostly say that um, the new covenant was cut just 2,000 years ago, is a lie. It was just made manifest to us physically. I think Peter even made mention of it in the book of First Peter chapter 1 verse 20. First Peter chapter 1 verse 20. That is what Peter said. Peter said that on the other hand, he was foreknown before the creation of the world. But on the other hand, it was revealed at the end of time for your sake. The New Living Translation says, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. So you see, this 
dying of Jesus by the shedding of his blood actually took place long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. So you see, it is because of our sake that God revealed that eternal covenant through Jesus in the last days. So Jesus actually did not die 2,000 years ago. He died before the world began. Have you forgotten what the Bible said? That this is the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world. Are you following? So John when John the Revelator was captured into the realms of heaven in the book of John in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ chapter 13 verse 8 John said and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now we all know that Jesus is the Passover Lamb, is the Lamb of God. John said it in the book of John 1.29. When John the Baptist was, was baptizing the people and he saw Jesus, he said, Here cometh the Lamb of God. He said, Here cometh. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Are you following? So we all know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. And the Bible said this Lamb was slain before the world began. And the slaying of the Lamb is the cutting of the covenant. So Peter told us that he was chosen from the foundations of the world. He was foreordained and his blood was shed for the eternal covenant but then for our sake he was revealed in the last days so the coming of jesus christ two thousand and something years ago was just a revealing of something that has already taken place in eternity are you following this is what makes this covenant very strange and powerful so god was trying to let men capture this same covenant from eternity so that we can live a life that is connected to him but we could not pick it hallelujah hallelujah oh, I say hi to you. oh hi say hello I said People of God, the, the young prophet says hello to you all. Amen. We pray for them. <laughs> Jesus, my.
Amen. Hallelujah. All right, all right. So um, that was just by the way. The young prophet says hi to all of you. Amen. All right. So now, one thing that we should understand about covenants, you remember I told you when we began the teaching on understanding the whole Bible, and I think I couldn't upload the part two and part three because of some issues on Port B, but then the Lord has laid it on my heart to start the whole sermon again. Are you following? This year we have a lot of things to, to study and to learn. So by the special grace of God, I will start the whole session again, understanding the whole Bible. Hallelujah. And this, this topic, in fact, I've never made mention of it in church. So you see, God being you are blessed. Amen. <laughs> the only topic I've begun in church that I've not shared with us here is just, and even by God's grace we are handling it, the inheritance of the saints and tithing. Yesterday we started laying a simple foundation on tithing. And the Lord will help us when the time is due, um, we will teach it here. Amen. All right. Good. Now, so during the teaching on understanding the whole Bible, I made you understand. I asked the question, what is the Bible? You know, many of us gave different definitions. Somebody even said it is, the, it is God's love letter to human beings. Hey! God's love letter to human beings. You know, it sounds good, but then at a point when you open the Bible and you see and Judas hanged himself, you don't actually see any love statement that should look like that. Which kind of love letter is it? Hallelujah. A lot of people give, somebody said, the Bible is the word of God. So I asked the question, is the Bible the word of God? And I know that many of you, you, you are battling with that one. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Now, do you know that the Bible said, everything will pass away. But it's only the word of God that will stand. I hope you know that. But you know it is possible that somebody can gather all the Bibles in this world and burn them. I hope you know it is possible. Okay, so let's say a possibility like that has been made manifest. And all the Bibles in this world have been bent. Does that mean that the word of God is not now standing? Where now is the word of God? So you see, that's, that's just by the way. So we asked a lot of questions. But then, a simple definition I give concerning the Bible. Exactly. 
I gave a simple definition concerning the Bible and I said, the Bible is actually a compendium. Or let me say, a write-up of God's covenant journey with mankind. One of the most important things you should never forget in Bible is covenant. If you are reading your Bible without covenant understanding, you will be confused totally. And that is what many men of God have become. We have become confused because we keep mixing verses. And we think so long as it's just a whole Bible, everything is everything, and this. Take your time, else you'll kill people. That is why the Bible said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a right man. He said, a workman who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If it is the word of truth, why are you dividing it? And if you're also dividing it, then why are you dividing it rightly? That means you can divide it, but you can divide it wrongly. But as for the division, it must be made. Are, are you getting it? So why are we dividing the, the word of truth? Because when, once you pick your Bible, it has already been divided into two. Old Testament and New Testament. You need to ask yourself, what is a testament? And why is one testament old and the other new? What is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Are you getting the point? It is then that you have to you will now get a lot of understanding when you want to. Amen. Because we have a lot of... The Bible said we are able ministers of the new covenant. But we have a lot of men of God who are Old Testament preachers in a New Testament era. The way they will preach you, eh, you will die. Are you following? So it's a serious thing. So we need to actually go through the scriptures to know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I told you how covenants were cut between God and people throughout the entire Bible. And as we journey, we will understand some of these things. So you don't just mix everything together. Are you getting it? God made a covenant with Abraham. Now we need to understand contextually what kind of covenant did God cut between himself and Abraham. And it was not only Abraham that God established a covenant between. God also established another covenant with Noah. So starting from the Noahic covenant, God established a covenant between himself and Noah. And the main covenant that God established between himself and Noah was that the same blessings that God gave to Adam and Eve when they were in the garden, that they could not stay in the garden to fulfill, God, the Bible said God blessed Noah and his children and he said, go and multiply. It was a blessing that God gave 
to Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Are you getting it? So, God established a covenant. Then God said, I am establishing a covenant with you. Just as I've destroyed the, the inhabitants of the earth with water, I will no longer destroy the people on this earth with water again. And in fact, definitely a human being would ask for a sign. What would be the proof that you will not destroy the whole earth with water again? So God brought forth the rainbow. When Noah saw the rainbow, God said, this is a token of my covenant with you. Anytime it is raining heavily that human beings are thinking, maybe I am the one using the rain to wipe off every human being from the earth, I will bring forth a rainbow so that it will be a testifier to the covenant I have made with you that I will not destroy anybody on this earth with water again. That was the covenant God established between himself and Noah. Then he established the covenant between himself and Abraham. And what was the context of this covenant? He just called Abraham out of his house in Genesis 12 and said, go to the land that I will show you. And I'm going to make you a father of all nations. And it will be in you that all the nations of this world will be blessed. And then, this was just the covenant. The man didn't need to do anything. The only thing he needed was to believe God. And when the man said, God, I'm just, you know, I'm an old man. In fact, 75 years old. I don't have any child. How then am I going to be the father of nations? What are you talking about? Even right now, if I die right now, it will be my servant who will take charge of all my things. And the Lord said, no. There will be someone that will come out of your own lungs that will take charge of everything you have. And your seed will be plenty. The Bible said Abraham believed God. And the moment he believed God, God declared him righteous. That's a very powerful statement right there. In Genesis 15, God declared that, ah, so long as you have believed in me, you are now righteous. Now we'll go into all that later when we are talking about understanding the whole Bible to know what righteousness actually means. But then, so God brought Abraham out of his tent and showed him the stars and said, you see, that is how your descendants are going to be. You cannot number them. Are you following the only thing Abraham did in the covenant that God established with him was that he believed God. And he first believed in the promises. Then God cut a covenant by telling him to get animals and dissect them. I think I, we did that. Then a smoke passed through the animals and the covenant between God and Abraham was cut. Abraham did not do anything. The only thing he needed was to believe. Now, this, do you know that when Abraham believed God, many years after, about 25 years later, the wife of Abraham conceived. And when the wife of Abraham conceived, she delivered. And when she gave birth, the child grew to a certain point. Then God spoke to Abraham, take the child to Mount Moriah. When you go there, go and sacrifice him unto me. Hmm. What was God trying to do? 
God was trying to reveal to Abraham that the eternal covenant that I cut between myself and my son is that same covenant I've cut between myself and you. And on this mount of Moriah, you are going to manifest an act of faith by trying to sacrifice your only son. Now, do you know that if you go into history, many, 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 many years after Abraham attempted to kill Isaac unto the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ was actually crucified on the Mount Moriah. But at that time, the name had changed, but it was the same mountain. So you see, what God was, the, God was trying to say that this eternal covenant that is between me and my son is what you, Abraham, you have actually bought into. Are you following? Hallelujah. Great. Great. So you see, this is the covenant that God cut between himself and his son in eternity. And Abraham has bought into it. According to the plan of God, God wanted all the human race to be connected to this covenant. That is why it was the promise that he made to Abraham that all the nations of the world will be blessed in him. So all the nations of the world, God had appointed that they will all get connected to him through that eternal covenant. Are you following? Hallelujah. Are you following? Great. Great. So you see? But along the line, things couldn't happen that way. In fact, God told Abraham in Genesis 15 that this same land that you are on, I will give it to your descendants. And in a deep sleep, Abraham saw God speaking to him about how things will be in the years to come. And God said, your descendants will be on another man's land as slaves for 400 years. But after those years of slavery, I, God, I will bring them back to this same land you are lying on. Are you following But when the time came for the children of Israel to get out of slavery and come to that land that God has promised their forefathers, even them, all they needed to do was to also believe God, just as their forefather Abraham believed God. 
But along the line, whilst they were journeying to the land of promise, they doubted God several times. The time came, they even, they, God actually allowed them to take gold, silver, and precious things from Egypt so that when they get to the land of promise, they will use that to build a tabernacle, a temple that he would dwell therein and have fellowship with the people. But along the line, the same gold and silver that they got, along the line, they used those gold and silver to mold into a calf and they began to worship the calf. And they said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And because of their unbelief in God, the covenant changed. God was raising them as a, a kingdom of priests. But along the line, because of their own, because the only thing that could get a man connected to this covenant is faith. Just believe God. But they could not. Because along the line, they were hungry. They couldn't get food to eat. They began to murmur. They started saying a lot of things. God had mercy. He poured down manna, angels' food to them. And they kept eating. When they were filled, in fact, they became so stubborn that along the line, God would tell them, don't worry, don't gather some of the manna and put them in your bowls for tomorrow. No, because when tomorrow comes, I, God, I will rain fresh ones unto you. But still, they did not believe. Some of them carried bowls and packed manna into the bowls and hid them under their beds. And the next morning, it all turned into maggots. They lacked faith in God. And that covenant is activated by faith. So once you doubt God, you are breaking the covenant. So a new covenant came. In fact, God wanted to kill all of them and start a new life with Moses. I, I hope we all understand all these backgrounds. Good. Now, this is the eternal covenant that the father cut with the son. That Abraham has bought into it. And you know, many years ago, when Cain and Abel were about to give offering unto God, there was a dimension that Abel caught. And he knew that before the world began, God turned his own son into a lamb and through the slaying of the lamb a covenant was cut between the father and his son and when he caught that revelation and understanding he demonstrated that which happened from the from the foundations of the well no wonder the sacrifice of Abel was accepted and that of Cain was not Hallelujah. So now, the covenant has now changed. Right now, it has become rules and regulations. It has become laws. A different covenant altogether. Hallelujah. But now, I want us to talk about the heirs 
of the promise. The heirs of the promise. Which promise are we talking about here? The promise that the father made to the son. Hallelujah. The promise that the father made to the son. Now, once you hear the word heir, we are talking about the one that is to possess the promise. Are you getting it? The one that must inherit the promise. Definitely, once you get to know that the promise was made to the son, then it is the son that will be the heir of the promise. But now the son also did something. And what the son did was that he came to do the work of the father. You know, I told you the father said, I need sons. So the son also decided to get sons for the father. And because he is the son, and he's going to get sons for the father, definitely what will happen is that he's bringing certain people into the class that he is operating. And the very moment they also become sons, they are now entitled to the promise that the father made to him. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible said, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. The point I want us to take note of is that in bringing many sons unto glory. So Jesus brought many sons unto glory. Now, the father is getting the sons that he wanted in creation. But one thing about Jesus being, bringing many sons was that the moment we become sons, as he is a son, we are now entitled to the promise that the father made to him. I, I believe you get that. Are you, are you catching that one? Can you all hear me, please? Good. Now, so the question is, how did we become sons like the way Jesus is a son? In the book of John chapter 3 verse 16, John 3 16. John chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, once we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
he gives us life. Now the question is, what kind of life? The Bible calls it an eternal life. It is actually that life that exists between the Father and the Son. Are you following? The life that exists between the Father and the Son is the same life that the Lord Jesus Christ imparts into us once we believe in Him. And the very moment that life is imparted into us, we also become children of God. And once we become children of God, God, does not, God is not necessarily our creator, Keke, no. But God also becomes our father. Because it is one thing for God to be your creator and another thing for him to be your father. When you claim that God is your father, it means you are a son or you are a child of him. And if you are a child of him, then there is a kind of life that exists between you and him. It is a relationship. And that life is called eternal life. Are you, are you following? Are you all following? Great. Great. So in the book of Romans chapter 5, now the question is, how did we, how did we get imparted by this life of God? How did we get the impact of the life of God? Now in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 15 to 17, this is the part that explains why we are also entitled to the promise that the father made to the son. Are you getting it? Are you following? Good. Good. So in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 15 to 17, the Bible said, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I believe you can all hear me. Good. Good. Now, according to this verse, the main reason why we also can now call God our Father is because we have received a spirit. 
So the day we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we received a spirit. And that spirit is called the Holy Spirit. It is this spirit that has made us also children of God. And what did this spirit do? Can you all hear me, please? Great, great. All right, so now we are now trying to understand how come we are also entitled to the promises that the Father made to the Son. And we said that the only way that we can also be entitled to the promises that the Father made to the Son is when we also become sons. Are you getting it? And that was actually the heart desire of the Father, that at the end of the whole creation, he will get sons. So we understood in Hebrews 2.10 that 
Jesus brought many sons into glory. And how did he bring the sons? He came to die for us. And the moment we believed in him, he gave us a certain life. And that life that he gave us was the life existing between him and the Father. And this life is called the eternal life. Now, the moment you believe in the Lord Jesus, the only thing you receive is the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit actually becomes the foundation of the eternal life. I wish I can say this. Can I say this one? Listen to it carefully so that you don't get confused. <laughs> the Father and the Son, they have a certain bond between them. It is called a covenant. Is that not so? Good. Now, that covenant determines how they will have their relationship. So the covenant between the Father and the Son determines their relationship or their kind of life. Are you following? So basically, the covenant between the Father and the Son is actually the kind of life that exists between the two. I don't know if somebody is trying to catch what I'm about to say. So the covenant is a life. There are certain ways that people are living their lives. It is based on how they are covenanted to things. Are you following? So the way you live your life is based on the kind of covenant that is between you and an entity you are serving. So that way of life stands for the covenant. So the covenant that is between the father and the son is actually the eternal life. So eternal life is actually the, the covenant life. But can I say this one too? That's the last part I want to hit. This eternal life or the covenant life is a person and his name is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so whilst the father and the son were cutting that covenant, they were actually mingling the Holy Spirit around the agenda they wanted to achieve. Have you read in the book of 1 Corinthians 3, do you remember that the Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life? I believe we have all read that scripture. Can you all hear me please? Okay, all right, let's read the whole, maybe some few verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Follow me carefully. He said, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, 
as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you. Ye are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Hmm. When he speaks of something that was written on tables of stone, don't you know it is actually talking about the Mosaic Covenant? What we call the Ten Commandments. But he said, we have now become the epistle of Christ that many people are reading. And how did we become that? He said, the spirit of the living God wrote it in our hearts. So when you even look at the verse 3, he's actually comparing two covenants here. Are you following? Good. But then let's read downwards. He said, verse 4, And such trust have we through Christ to God word. Verse 5, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Verse 6, Who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit? For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. He has made us able ministers of the New Testament. I don't know if you're getting the point here. So according to what Paul is trying to say, the Old Testament or the Old Covenant is called the letter. And the New Testament is called the Spirit. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit actually is the embodiment of the new covenant. And this new covenant too is an eternal covenant that God cut between himself and his son. I don't know if you are catching the thing now. So definitely for you to become part of the covenant life, between the Son and the Father, the Spirit must come in. I don't know if you, are, if you are getting it. Because the Spirit is actually the representative of the covenant life. And that covenant life is called the eternal life. So when you hear of the Holy Spirit, it's actually the covenant, the new covenant. Kovasale. <laughs> And I don't, I don't have much time to go into all that. I wish I could see certain things. But it would take much more of our time and shift our focus from what we are talking about. Can I see something here? <laughs> okay. Now listen. 
you know that Jesus made the statement and he said, the new covenant is in his blood. I hope you know that. See, the new covenant, other versions will say the new testament. In the book of Luke chapter 22, verse 20, Luke 22, verse 20, he said, Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shared for you. The New Testament in my blood. Said after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, Very important too. There is a connection between wine and blood that you should never miss. So he said, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So the new covenant is in the blood of Jesus. And when, once you take wine, and you discern it, it becomes the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you getting the point? And definitely we all know, the Bible also has declared. That be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess. But be filled with the Spirit. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So according to this verse also, Paul is trying to connect the reality, or he's linking wine with the Spirit. And Jesus was also linking the wine with his blood. I don't know if you're getting the point. So basically, what it means is that, I wish... Let me say it. The blood of Jesus is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it is this Holy Ghost that is the new covenant. Are, are you getting the picture? This is one of the reasons why this, this teaching, we need a lot of time. I'm telling you, don't take Holy Communion just keke like that. If you have this revelation, oh my God. And you know, one of the main assignments of the Holy Ghost in your life is to give life to this mortal body so that this mortal body will be full of the eternal life of God. You will know that there is a way we can partake of the Holy Communion and will never enter into sickness. This is when the, that is, this is what we call discerning the Lord's body and his blood. If you don't catch this revelation from scripture, you just drink and eat it normal like that and it will never be useful to you. Are you following? Now we all know 
as we have understood. When we are drinking wine, we are not seeing it as wine, but we are seeing it as the blood of Jesus. And we all know that the wine is a manifestation of the Spirit. And we now go to understand in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is trying to put side by side the Spirit and the letter. And he said, the letter killeth. He's talking about the old covenant. But the Spirit giveth life. That is the new covenant. And Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. So the new covenant is actually in the blood of Jesus. Are you following? So once the blood is shed, the Spirit is released. So the very moment you believe in the Lord Jesus that his blood has washed your sins, you are a sinner, and you believe that he died and he has resurrected for your justification, the moment you see that, you are blood washed and the Spirit now enters into you. The very moment the Holy Ghost enters into you, he will first revive your spirit that was numbed as an unbeliever. And once that spirit is revived, it is called regeneration in theology. And once your spirit is regenerated, the Holy Spirit again will now bear witness with that your spirit that you are now the child of God. And that is the beginning of how we now became partakers of the promise that the Father gave to the Son. It is only by the Spirit that we can become sons. So the Bible said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So Romans 8 verse 15 says, in the, the AISV says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery that leads you into fear again. Instead, you have received the spirit of adoption. Can you all hear me please? Someone said, Daddy, can we say the new covenant is the Holy Spirit in man rather than the laws on, on the screen? Exactly. Exactly the point. Exactly the point. Are you following? These are foundational truths we needed to know, people of God. But right now, it, they are sounding like something new to many of us. I'm telling you, we don't actually understand what the new covenant is. See? And we have been believers for like 20 years and above. May God help his church. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So he said, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. When you read it from the NLT, you will not, especially when you look at the word adopted, you might think it is the way somebody will go to an orphanage home and take a child and say, come to my house. From today, you are now my son. That's not what it is trying to say. So the Holy Spirit is known as the spirit of adoption. What, what does that adoption mean? The word adoption there is the word heutasia, which actually speaks of the relationship that exists between the father and the son. 
and anybody that believes in the son the god through the spirit will establish that same relationship are you getting the picture so the holy spirit is a relationship no wonder we need to have fellowship with him <laughs> hallelujah so you see it is by the holy spirit that we are now also qualified to come into the same life that is between the father that relationship between the father and the son and it is only from that moment that the bible said we can cry about father that means until the holy spirit enters into you you can never call god your father you can only call him your creator are you following it is only by the spirit this is because once we believe in the lord jesus the spirit of the lord makes us or brings us to that same experience that the lord jesus the son is having with the father that is why i say now jesus is not the only begotten son of god we have all been begotten and how were we begotten by the word of god and by the spirit of god That means there is no way you can bypass the Holy Ghost and become a child of God. Never. Never. Are you following? And this is what many people don't understand. If you're a Christian, put sentiments aside and go by the scriptures. Don't say, Yamenebo are all Muslims. Yamenebo is they are all his children. You don't understand the scriptures. You don't understand what the Bible is saying. You want to use your emotions to speak you will soon become a muslim hold the scriptures and say what the bible has said are you listening to me that if you have not believed in the lord jesus christ that he died for his blood to wash your sins to redeem you and that he resurrected for you to be justified and that the holy ghost has now come to live in you you are not a child of god that's what my Bible says, and that is what I believe and I know. Are you listening to me? You see, let me tell you this. The reason why I'm, I'm hitting on this is because there is a school of thought. There is a theory that is actually saying that man was not a sinner from the beginning. You can't tell Muslims these things. That we were all sinners and Jesus came to die. They will slap you. They don't believe that nonsense. To them. To them what they believe is that we are all human beings. If you do good, when you die, God will weigh your good and your evil. When we see that the good is higher than your evil, you go to heaven. Go and be with Allah. But if your evil things are higher than your good, then you go to hell. When we weigh and they are 50-50. Allah will give you another chance to come to this as an extra time. We can extra if it will be golden goo. Stupid doctrine. Hallelujah. 
And you see, stage here, if you're a child of God, I beg you in the name of the Lord. My foundational doctrines, you know, and you're strong. Are you listening to me? Because if you are not careful, you will be deceived. Men will use logical reasoning. Men will use academic excellence, human intelligence, even artificial intelligence. Men will use that to deceive you. Be wise. In, that is why I said, be strong in the Lord. Eh? Stand on your grounds. Are you, are you getting my point? Because you see, there are people who say things like, to me, we are seeing in Yankopondia, even the Obon Sam Cradi, Juman in Yankopondia, it may come on some of to me cry, still nigh in Yankopon to me. We are here now, said the Nahawa. We are Bokleric, I say we are reverend. Are you okay? Which Bible are you reading? Are you, are you following? Hallelujah. So we need to be very careful. The devil is so smart and is using people. Bible says that in the latter times, many shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils. These doctrines might, might, might sound nice in your ears. You, they, will, they will appease your senses. And you start thinking, say, mm, logically, this thing makes sense. This thing makes sense. Be careful. We did not come to make sense. We came to make spirit. If it is not in line with the Holy Ghost, throw it away. Are you listening to me? And that is why the Holy Ghost is also called the spirit of truth. Whenever you are hearing something, come and check it from the word of God, which is the truth. And the spirit will confirm whether what you are hearing is right or not. Are you listening to me? So cause of Bono Catros Bra, you could jarrow and I do twelve. I mean you see near my see jarrow answer. Now so food walk with Jina baby jarrow soft. Now so you know about tongues, shall one about tongues naturally. Where did you put your brain? Are you okay? Don't you don't can't you descend? And sometimes when I see people going through some of this, I just know they've casted spells on people. How can a pastor tell you that the reason why you are not giving birth is because there is something that I need to take from your, your private area? That one is only me that I need to take it from there, else you will never conceive. Now Baba Sia GD and so far could share them. You will never do such a thing. Even this one, an unbeliever will never do it. It is either they've casted a spell on your mind. Are you listening to me? Hey, are you listening to me? It looks like some of you are not talking. I do be the most similar. Muntie radiase, huh? Muntie radiase. 
and I wish I would, I would just cement something here. You see, I'm a prophet by the special grace of God. Through the Spirit of God, I see visions, I hear voices from the Lord, from His angels, a lot of things, you see. But one thing I always do is that I don't build my whole life on visions. <laughs> Listen to me carefully. My whole life is built on the Word of God. Are you following? And that is where your faith is built. If you depend solely on visions, that as for me, it is only through visions and dreams that God speaks to me. You need to be very careful. Because the more you start focusing so much on the visions and the dreams, you will be relegating the scriptures. And you see, when Satan realizes that the scriptures are not getting confirmations and strong foundation in your heart, he will use the same vision to deceive you. Because by then he knows that you don't have a strong backing and a strong foundation. So whatever he reveals to you, you believe it. Be very careful. Are you listening to me? Amen. Let the word, that is the reason why, even when you begin to get encounters, you need to verify. Huh? And you need to validate your encounters through the word of God. Judge what you have seen from God's word. I told you of one prophet by name Prophet Kobus, who read through the scriptures and came to a point of understanding that the Bible said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And the Bible also said in the book of Revelation, when John was in a vision with the Lord Jesus, Jesus said, come, let me now go and show you the bride of the Lamb. And when he went there, he saw the new Jerusalem coming. That God, that God sleep, the living God's city. And when John saw the city coming from heaven, the angel that was with John said, now this is the bride. So the prophet concluded that the new Jerusalem, the city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, is actually the, the church, the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And scripturally, it is true. But he had an encounter, and in the, in the encounter, an angel picked him and said, come, let me show you something. The angel took him to a place, and he showed him a very beautiful city with light. And the angel began to speak to the man of God in the vision that you have been teaching wrongly that the church is the bride. But it is not true. The, this, you have been preaching that the church is the city. But that is not true. This is the city. The city is on its own. It is not the church. Meanwhile, the Bible said it. So the man was confused in the vision. But once he was looking at the angel that was speaking, he realized something that was off on the angel. And the moment he saw that, he knew within himself that this one is not an angel of God. So he shouted, in the name of Jesus, immediately the white cloak that was on the angel and the light that was shining around the angel, everything disappeared. 
and that was a dark demon standing before him and all of a sudden that beautiful city he was looking at turned and it became like a, a deep dark valley that smoke was coming out of and immediately the demon disappeared then Jesus spoke to him and said go and continue with my word for the church my bride is the city that is set on a hill then he came out of the vision do you know what helped him are you listening? you see this thing eh, anchor deception heavy one hey a heavy anchor this man will come out of the vision and start preaching something different and that's what has happened to many men of god they are so focused on visions, 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 and dreams. They don't study God's word. They don't know what the doctrines have been spelled out. You see, that is why the Biamekasim will say, if you have been called as a man of God, I beg you, your eyes might be open to see things about people. Take your time, build your foundation in the doctrines first before you take a step because there is there are so many deceptions on the way are you listening to me so many deceptions why are you careful huh. i'm telling you soon soon we are saying that angels womb demons womb dwarfs womb plenty spirit marine spirits plenty and these spirits especially those on the dark side the bible said they have a way of manifesting like angels of light we need to be careful so Paul said, even if an angel or a God comes to tell you something different from the doctrinal foundations we have laid, let that being be accursed. Because Paul knew it. It is highly possible. So angel be able to be And this one becomes a doctrine in church. That they are trying to carnally interpret it. Meanwhile, Paul said that the head of the woman is the man. Then later he said the woman should cover her head because of the angels. And you don't know why the angels have come in. He said, because of the angels the women should cover their hair meanwhile he has already said that the head of the woman is the man so which head is the woman supposed to cover is it not the man and what does it mean for a woman to cover her head that is the man it means the woman should submit and show respect and reverence to the man. Then he said the woman should do so because of the angels. Why because of the angels? Because there were angels that were with God in heaven. God gave them authority, but they used the authority to fight against God. They could not stay under authority, and so they rebelled. This is a woman that also has an authority, but then the Bible says she should submit to a man. So when a woman submits to the husband, she is actually teaching the angels that what they disobeyed and rebelled against in heaven, that is what me, I have been able to do. It is a teaching session to the angelic. But we are here saying, go and cover your head with duku. 
So that certain churches are inside the dark way of I'm telling you. And that's a serious doctrine they are following. We cannot judge them, but we know doctrinally what they are saying is not right in the scriptures. Are you listening to me? I know many of us are young prophets, we are growing. When you take your time, you fast, you pray, you walk in purity, it will definitely grow. But you see, you don't pray to be all of a sudden or then you know every doctrine. No, it is a diligent act. Sit down and study. You'll be too weak and empty in the spirit. Are you listening to me? Take your time instead. Build yourself. The Bible said, I commend you to the word of the word of God's grace, which is able to build you up. Are you following? You see? So about if you are a lady and you wear trousers, you are going to hell. But they are talking about the inheritance of the saints. May the Lord bless us. Look at that. He said, and now brethren, I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Look at this. Oh. So you see, we'll come to that side. What gives you the inheritance among those who are sanctified? Well, you see, those who are sanctified, he's talking about the saints. So we are even talking about the inheritance of the saints. And the Bible said, it is God and the word of his grace that will give you an inheritance. You should have to wear the natural. You know, the You see, and come say you good. Ah, yeah, but we, we know that. By the special grace of God here, we flow in the prophetic. And now they are changing by the special grace of God. You see? But I want. I don't know how to even say this one. I recommend to you God <laughs> and the word of His grace that is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. The saints. The saints. Are you listening to me? The saints. This year we have a lot of things to study. I'm telling you. We have a lot of things to study. And there is a book that the Lord will also let me vomit in the course of the year. Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, we have like 128 books to write. And some of them, especially the last 28, think would, would need more grace to read and understand them. Well, some of the books will be in tongues. Once you take the book and you open it, even the introduction, Bolisuka Palataya Skataya. Uh-huh. say. If you are not drenched in the spirit, that book is not for you. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. You introduction. You don't know say introduction. Amen. All right, so finally, people of God, the Bible said, For you have not received the spirit of. Okay, now let me ask this simple question so that I will know whether you have understood what I said. I, what did I see the word adoption stands for? Adoption. Adoption. According to the verse 15 of Romans 8. Hey. Exactly the relationship between the Father and the Son. And it is the Holy Spirit that does that. So he's known as the Spirit of Adoption. Are you getting it? So now verse 16, the Bible said, The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So it takes the Holy Spirit to actually bear witness that you are God's child. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot be a child of God. Take note of that. And in verse 17, once you become a child of God, then the Bible is telling you something. It says, and if children, then heirs. If you are now a child of God, then you are an heir of God. It says, you get what I'm saying? Then he said, and if children, then as as of God and joint as with Christ. Because Jesus is the Son of God. And once you believe in him, the Holy Spirit makes you also a son. And once you also become a son, then you have now come to the same place of Jesus. So what you are also receiving from your father God is exactly what Jesus is receiving. So now, Jesus has become a joint heir with you. Then he said, if so be that, listen to this carefully, we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. (laughs) That is the part many people want to run away from. If we are joint heirs with Christ, that near Janishan, the Bosom or the Bemanono, Yensia Babijan Christian name, Yensia Binya Bidia, then we should also go through his sufferings so that we will also receive the glory he is receiving. Are you following? This is because there is no throne without the cross. Hmm. But then Paul, when Paul made mention of the sufferings, he knew that the people would shake a little bit. He's suffering power. Then Paul now said in verse 18, he said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Oh, Paul, Paul. We are suffering because we are now connected to Christ. And just as he suffered, we also will go through sufferings. But then, 
don't focus so much on your suffering because it can never be compared to the glory that is about to be revealed in us. So now, how did we become heirs? We became heirs because the Spirit, after we believed in the Lord Jesus, the Spirit actually imparted into us the life that is existing between the Father and the Son. And we have also become sons. Hallelujah. So John said something. In the book of John, 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. I love what John said. Kai. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. John now said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. I don't know if you are catching something here. We said now we are the sons of God, but then we are going to become we are going to become great, but now we have not yet become it. Said, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. When you read it from the ISV, he says, Dear friends, we are now God's children, but what we will be like has not been revealed yet. <laughs> oh my God. What we will be like has not been revealed yet. We know that when the Messiah is revealed, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. People of God. So today, all that I wanted us to understand how we became heirs of the same promise that the father promised the son and we have understood it that is by our believing in the Lord Jesus and then the spirit who is a representative of that relationship or covenant between the father and the son who now brought us into that same experience called adoption and then we now became joint heirs with Christ such that what the Father promised Christ, we are also now qualified by the Spirit to receive the same thing. Are you following? Beautiful. Beautiful. Please, are you all getting what I said? All right, that's great. So we are going to end here this evening. The next time we meet on this matter, we are actually going to talk about what we call the general inheritance and the specific inheritance. The general inheritance and the specific inheritance. Hallelujah. And I'm going to break them down for us to know the general inheritance that every believer is entitled to receive and specific inheritance that that specific people are entitled to receive. Are you following? And the Lord is going to be a great blessing to our lives. The Lord bless you and favor you all greatly in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So please, we are going to meet this night at exactly 12 a.m. To pray 
for the priesthood session. So make sure you join us. I'll be sharing the flyer for the priesthood very soon so that we can also share them. Hallelujah. The Lord favor us and grant us divine grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you and open great doors for you. Elizabeth, now, may the Lord favor you and preserve your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I ask that any assignment of the enemy against your marital life is aborted in Jesus' mighty name. There is something that the angel has placed in your hand and it's like a, a stone. But I see that this stone is giving out different colors. I pray for you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that God's grace will locate your marital life and every precious thing that the Lord has purposed for you you will definitely experience it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Techiwa, I'm praying for you. Techiwa, I'm praying for you. The Lord is releasing great grace on your life and he's preserving your destiny. The Lord says, I should tell you, any attack of the enemy that will be against your mother's life, that attack is aborted. For I looked and I saw in the realm of the spirit. The Lord took me to a place and when we entered this place, I saw spiritually that a woman was walking with a man, but the wind blew and took the man away. Then I saw spiritually, the woman was now taking care of only a child that she gave birth to with a man. So I saw in the spirit that the angel of the Lord began to speak to me, that there was something that happened between your mother and your father, that they did not stay together. And the Lord ministered to me and said, I should pray for you so that that same thing is true. That same thing will not manifest in your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The moment somebody typed in here grace, the moment Bened, somebody called Benedict just typed grace. The moment the person typed grace, I heard the angel said to ask you who is grace. Techiwa, you are grace. Then the Lord said I should tell you that his favor is coming so strong upon your life for the Lord is about to open great doors unto your destiny and he will connect you to great people for I saw spiritually that a certain throne that was in your, in your mother's lineage many years ago was trying to attack a lot of people and this thing affected your mother but the Lord is showing you great mercy and he's disconnecting you even from that throne in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord said I should tell you that he's sending a certain helper your way. For I looked and I saw that there was a passport and inside the passport was written a name, Grace Pepra. And the spirit of the Lord ministered to me, tell my daughter that I will favor her. I will open great doors for her. She will travel and when she travels, she will become a great voice. But the Lord said I should tell you, don't be afraid. Okay, that's your name. The Lord said, don't be afraid because for the past seven months, the enemy has been putting a lot of fear in your heart. Sometimes when you are there, it looks like you will not be able to live long. Sometimes, even when you are about to travel, it looks like you will get accident, some kind of things like that. Even in dreams, they show you a lot of things in dreams that puts fear in your heart. The Lord said, I should tell you, all the agenda of the enemy against your life is destroyed and you are free 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. Any attack against your health is destroyed in Jesus' precious mighty name. I call it done. I call it done. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Princess Macarius, my daughter, I'm praying for you. The Lord will favor you. The Lord says that his grace is coming upon your life. I saw you writing an examination. And I saw that once you finished, you came out and they began to pour powder on you. The Lord said, get ready. For this time around, victory is coming. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And he's releasing great favor upon your destiny. And I pray concerning your marriage that the mercy of God will speak for you. That when the actual time is due, the Lord will help you and connect you to the right man. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. You are blessed and highly favored. In Jesus' precious mighty name. There is someone here, the name is Living Creature. I want to pray for you. I saw a very huge horn and I saw an oil being poured out of the horn even on your head and the Lord began to minister to me that once I was minister as I'm ministering in the prophetic you are praying within yourself that you need this same grace the Lord said I should tell you that oil is coming upon you and he's about to launch you into greater levels in the month of March get much time to fast and pray for there is an angel that the Lord is releasing to you in the month of March in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. You are blessed and highly favored in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. The Lord bless you, people of God. May the Lord keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. So please, at exactly 12 a.m., we are going to meet for the priesthood session. So make sure you join us. The Lord bless you and favor you all in Jesus' precious mighty name. Also, don't forget that on Monday, which is the 29th of January 2024, we are going to have our first mega one word from the Lord experience for the year 2024. Make sure you join us. The Lord has a word for you that will transform your entire life. You are blessed and highly favored. Right after here, I'm going to upload the message. Make sure you download and listen to it. The part three will also come. The Lord bless you. God bless you all. We shall meet. Mommy, Vivian, Duga, God bless you and increase you. May the Lord preserve your life, the Lord preserve your health, and open great doors for you. Phoebe, you are blessed and highly favored in the name of Jesus. Shalom. Bye bye. I say believe in God, oh, even the devil knows in our true world. I say believe in God, oh, everybody knows in our
Jehovah, anything you talk to, they do. You get the power to say, He'll deliver. Hosanna, the angels, the sing hallelujah. You know they lie, you know they fail, you know they carry my matane play. See, yesterday, you call me your own. When you reach my town, Lord, you know they delay. From generation to generation, from Liberia to Jamaica, you know they carry last. You know they carry last. You know they okay. Hotel, 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 hotel